Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast, episode 58.1.1, meaning we're going to talk about how shit Adelaide United have been over the last week. That's pretty much it. We're going to talk about how bad they are, and we're going to talk about how much we don't like the Socceroos squad's changes. Uh, I don't know, a lot of whinging to be done. Let's jump straight into it. Tommy's on the other end of the line. Hey, mate, you said last week you'd want to get at least four points out of the two games against Western Sydney. We come away with but one. Uh, <laughs> it's not really enough, is it? I mean, we sound like a broken record, don't we? Criticizing an Adelaide United performance and a Socceroos squad, but here we are again doing the same stupid shit over and over and over. No wonder we're going insane watching this team. Are we good? Are we bad? Are our players good, or do they really suck? Is Carla genius? Is he? I don't know, Sam. And I think, I think you and I are pretty good like judges of football, and we can analyze you know how teams are playing. I have no idea. I have no idea. I still don't have any answers for Adelaide. I still. The difference in the last month or two is I've gone into pretty much every game with like a little bit of confidence. Like, I think we'll be right here. We'll be right. And uh, these two games just killed me. Um, Starting with the first one last Wednesday night at Highmarsh, midweek football. uh, It pissed down a lot of the night, but it was, it was a really warm night, but it just rained heaps. And it was, it was kind of fun. And Adelaide kind of, even at one all, I guess we still had all that kind of optimism because we were coming off the Sunday result where we scored a late winner. So we were kind of up and about, still feeling the vibe. And then when West Sydney scored their second goal in the 75th, it was kind of a blow because we thought, oh, if we snag a late one here, we're only getting a draw at home. Um, and I think no one really rates Western Sydney and that kind of hurts even more. I. For me, I've not seen, and this may sound salty in in retrospect, but I've not seen a worse side come to Adelaide uh, and play us at Highmarsh this season. Even even the Wellington team, we pants 4-0. There has not been a side with less direction, less tactical now, less kind of attacking thrust or even possession. They had nothing. And for me, it's almost like we've seen the two sides in the A-League who don't really know what they're doing and they've kind of clashed in a way yep. that nullifies one another. And it's been this horrid mess over 180 minutes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think as well, like the fact we only we only managed to score from like a freak Goodwin <laughs> free kick, which, you know, what would we do without this guy? Um, On the back of how much we wet ourselves last weekend with his two assists. I know, and- like... How do we? Uh, there's, there's not really much more we can say about Craig Goodwin. We'll get to the Socceroo stuff soon, but um, Rip. his free kick in this game, I thought he was good again. And just, uh, I don't know. We, we need. I think we're not, we're not getting enough goals from our midfielders. Our midfielders need to be getting goals. Need to be putting in a shift and helping out in that end. I think no, that's a really astute point because you look at the the previous few seasons. You've got, I think, Mork had seven or eight last season. Riley McGree had 10 Riley plus McGree. the season before. So, you know, yeah, we're a side when we play in this kind of fashion. We need midfielders chipping in. Wide players, you know, Halloran's gone. So we're really only getting goals consistently from the left-hand side with Goody. And yep. e- even then, Carl tried every trick that has worked over the, you know, the three or four games that we played well and won a few games. He did them all. He brought Bernardo on. He brought Aaron Kunder on. He put Goodwin at left back. He brought Blackwood on for attacking mid. 
He did it all in one go. And yeah. I just, it was the first time in a long time at 2-1 down, I felt that we weren't going to get anything out of the game. It's He seemed to pull the trigger early <clears throat> on that one and kind of try and repeat what happened against Melbourne City, but much earlier. And uh, if it seemed like West Sydney were pretty well set up for it, they didn't. When Goodwin, I think Goodwin moved to left back for a bit again. And as soon as he did that, they gave no space on that side for him. He couldn't get close enough to get one of those good balls into the box like he did for the Moture goal. Yeah. Um, and you take Craig Goodwin out, uh, you you give him nothing. Um, we've got nothing. And they backed their fullbacks, Aquilina and Russell, to take on the the challenge of Motore if he was drifting wide or uh, Iran Kunda who came on or Bernardo or whoever it was. And they they won. Funnily enough, they, you know, yep. they really restricted the space in behind. They didn't really let them run at them in any capacity. They sat in a really aggressive, uh, like 4-4-2 block, basically. And that, you know, we didn't have any answers because, you know, and it's, it was probably more apparent in the second game, but we have this guy named Zach Cloth that maybe isn't that good. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to get to Zach Cloth. Um, He's played some minutes now. Well, I, mean, I thought... Judge him, right? I was... I felt a lot more positive about him after the Newcastle game last Sunday. I thought he was he was decent, and he started he started really kind of clicking with the wingers and the strikers and linking up stuff. And then he was he was kind of doing it again. I didn't think he was too bad on Wednesday either. But um, we're getting an import player into playing the midfield. I want a lot more. But you know, um, are we meant to be excited by footage of him scoring bangers twelve years ago in League One? Yeah. And mostly you know, from set pieces when we have set piece specialists left and right, it doesn't matter. Blackwood scored goals in league two. So yeah. What yeah, what is what is the C V really standing up to? This is like a target manager going for CEO at fucking any any ridiculous major law firm. I just it's so I just want him to replicate anything or everything that Mork did at the very least. At the what? very least, yeah. It just it comes back. You and I called a few weeks ago. We might as well just be playing Johnny Yule, and why not just give the guy a go? If Popovich is going to get gigs at the back, let's play Yule in midfield. Let's just go full hog. Yeah, I don't know. I'm happy to persist with Cloth a bit longer. I I think he's been slowly kind of getting better. Well, well, I mean, he's not going to get better not playing him though. And I think I don't know. I'm I'm just saying I'm happy to give him a bit more time. I'm not ready to go all out on him being a hacker or anything just yet. Mm. I'm happy to see him still get some more minutes, but, you know, there's only so long you can keep uh, defending him not getting impacts on the scoreboard or, you know, kind of affecting the game in a positive way. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out over the next few weeks, and then I could be changing my mind. That's fair. No, I agree. I just I think I'd prefer to give him a full preseason Use him intermittently now from the bench. Like, let's give uh, the Nugget Kaledi a go. Let's give Dorigo the go that he needs. Let's bring Johnny Yule up. These are guys that are playing football, you know, um, acclimatized, experienced. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there. I'm not having Kaledi starting over him, though. <laughs> maybe not in that position. I think maybe <laughs> I'd prefer to see Louis do it if we're going to play Izzy and Wande still next to each other. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, nonetheless, he's, so, he's he's got a lot to do. It doesn't really, I don't know, his technical ability doesn't look that great. His passing is not awesome. Uh, his press is good, but he doesn't really win a lot of balls either. I, 
I don't know. What have we I'm, got here? I'm happy to give it a bit longer. Um, right, so we'll we go out. We go out from that absolute tragic night at home, and then you're thinking, "Geez, we kind of really need to win this one um, away to West Sydney." A few results kind of helping us out as well over the weekend, mm, and definitely. I don't know. I I still had this feeling, even if we had won Sunday night, I still would have would have felt bitter about losing the home game. Because um, we just got to be winning those home games against these sides. Winning Sunday night wouldn't have made up for it. It would would have helped, but it wouldn't have made up for it. Um, but we didn't even do that with Jude Nil. Yeah. It was a pretty lackluster display. Uh, both sides kind of both sides were trying to be positive and trying to go and score goals, but. It just wasn't eventuating in anything. No, I, I, you know, that's one of those dour nil-nils where the, you know, the critics of soccer are right because these are, that was not an interesting game. I thought the first 20 minutes were good because Western Sydney came out and really took it to Adelaide and we had to work did, our way back. Yeah. Into the, we had to work our way back into the game and we did that as well. So like there was some nice ebb and flow in the first half, but the second half, it looked like both sides just didn't want to lose, which is bizarre to me because West Sydney really need to win games to get into the six. Adelaide, we ran out of steam. We just, we've played so much football now over the last two weeks. You know, yep. there's, there's been a few games in there. And that's not something that we've had to do all season because we've had our COVID in check and we haven't really had postponements. This, is, this was the postponement from a previous midweek game we're supposed to have earlier in the year, I think. So yes. The, oh, the one in the middle of the week, I should say, was a catch-up game. Um, and so this, you know, the way that it flowed into it, playing the same opposition, we definitely ran out of legs. But they were just, on, you know, in the first game, yeah. I like what you said about that because we had, you know, so many chances in the first half and over the course of the game that that was a real travesty that we, that we didn't win. It was a, an absolute sucker punch. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, on that note, you're saying we kind of looked like we were running out of legs. I found it very interesting in that second game Sunday night that we made two subs and knowing how happy Carl is to just throw out changes and really mix it up. Um, been giving, he's been giving Coletti minutes, been giving Blackwood minutes, um, left them both on the bench unused, Dorigo on the bench unused, only brought on Aaron Kunda and Toure. He brought on Toure with 14, 15, about a quarter of an hour to go, I think. And then Aaron Kunda only came on real late. Um, I, I kind of a bit baffled by Carl this week. Yeah, it was the absolute opposite of what he did on Wednesday where he threw everything against the wall to see what would work. And then he left on a really ineffectual 11 um, in a game that we, on the balance of it, I thought we were beaten. I think maybe we had the better chance. There was that, yeah. the, lo- the, the bar header yeah. and the cloth clearance off the line by Traore. And which, a, team, know, if- a, a team that's played three games in a week now. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I just maybe are we talking about Clough differently if he scores that tap in off of the nice Brook chance that's cleared off yeah, the line? Yeah, maybe. I uh, one thing <laughs> I do take away from this is uh, I don't want to hear any more of this nonsense about Goodwin playing at left back because <laughs> he didn't play. He didn't play in this game because he uh, he always come down with uh, what was he close contact with COVID, which makes him unavailable for the Socceroos as well, which would get to. Rule. But losing him for this this game kind of shows, like I don't know, even if he was playing at left back, or just he's the best winger in the comp. We need him there. We need him, and we didn't have him, and it looked crap. No, 
look, I, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> I think Goodwin at left back is good when we do, you know, the all-out attack where you've got Bernardo, Aaron Cunha yeah, sure. on the field. Um, it's only in specific circumstances. I would still prefer to see Goodwin play at left back for the Socceroos. And I'm, I'm not going to relent from that position. But yeah, insane. He scored seven goals this season. You know, just he is so pivotal in every system how many going forward. Well, look, I had this conversation with you earlier. If the fucking A-League website was any easier to navigate, I would have a litany <laughs> of stats at my fingertips. All you can find is goals scored, games played, and clean sheets. Like, where the my, fuck uh, is attacking runs and past successful completion percentages? Like, I just, I want some interesting stuff. My question was kind of a total anyway. It's just a lot. It's probably. a lot. He's had a good year. Uh, goal contributions in general. That's we just re- resorted back to just talking about how good one is again. <laughs> he he's brilliant though, and he is the absolute linchpin of this side. Um, how many games is he going to miss with this close contact business? Do we play again in the coming week? Uh, well, he misses the soccer. He's unavailable for the Socceroo stuff, so I presume we're playing through the international week. Um, we would be being Australia, and we have. Um, before we get to the soccer, we have route. Central Coast on the twenty sixth away. Okay, yeah. So okay, uh, on the weekend, yeah. Yeah, I presume he's not allowed to play that either. I doubt it. I yeah. doubt it. Unless you know, new Premier Pete changes the rules and lets him play. <laughs> That'd be nice. <clears throat> There's a little bit of this that I thought if this was, you know, uh, a cricketer or you know, oh no, in saying that the cricketers did have to sit themselves out, didn't they? Yeah, I and they've like been this in- was. Pretty rough was, bubbles. Yeah, if this was an AFL team, the guy would be allowed to play. He doesn't even have COVID. He's a close contact. Oh, he's team. in. He's in the team. He's out there. Yeah, they're flying him on a chartered flight just by himself. Him and the pilot, couple of couple of air hostess, and done. He's out Plays there getting the highlight. Get the footy. Get the footy. Run fast. Get, get the footy. Good down. Get in run. hard. Tackle hard. Run fast. Get the footy. Kick it. Run. Run fast. Yeah, boys. Pat on the ass. Sold each other in the change rooms. Done. Speak derogatorily about our female just, counterparts. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's see. Set you off. Just set you just off. Bef- just before we go into the ruse, uh, I thought that was Ibasuki's worst performance I've seen. And when he is the, not good, the nil all draw game. The nil all draw game. Yeah. Yeah. And when he's not good, he's like really not good, and it's it's terrible for the front four or six or however you want to describe it. Yeah, definitely. A lot rests on his shoulders of uh, kind of bringing the others into the game through holding the ball up or just kind of even just making contests where it kind of spills off you into the right directions and stuff. But yeah. yes, we were certainly lacking in the duels one on his part and his like com- pass completion rate and stuff like that. Definitely down and that, you know, we do fall apart when that doesn't work. So just one big G up was Joe Gauchi getting his first clean sheet for the season, which... Of everything, when you've got Popovich and Barr in front of you, probably the most unlikely three to record a clean sheet. Only our third this season. Yep. Um, you know, maybe there's something in this. Maybe I thought Popovich was okay given his first start. He wasn't great. He made some mistakes. Um, but, you know, I think next to Barr, who is getting better and better every game, this potentially is the way forward at centre back. Uh, potentially. Uh- I'm happy to have him over Timotheu and uh, I'm putting, it won't take much for him to be above Trap. So <laughs> we'll just, we'll just see how he goes in the coming weeks. If he gets another, another go at it. Um, I still think Jakobsen's our best centre back by a mile. He's been a bit shaky lately, sure. but 
Um, I think he's been carrying a knock, which is yeah, evident. Sat out the game on the weekend, but yeah. Um, yeah, we'll wrap it there. Yeah, why not? Or oh, maybe a little bit of W League news quickly. Um, Fiona Warts has re-signed for 2022-2023. So they're already making moves, the, uh, the Adelaide girls. Excellent. Lock her in. Goal scoring. Leading goal scorer in the league. Yep. Gone and boot. Yep. Lock Love her that. in. Uh, so let's have a good old whinge about Arnie and the Socceroos because yes. I know we have uh, yes. we have listeners love us whinging about Graham Arnold. So um, it's so weird. It's so let's do it. Stockholm syndrome. So let's do it. Um, obviously, with what happened to Craig Goodwin, he's out. As is, I believe, uh, Jackson Irvine. Yeah, Jackson is Irvine it? tested positive, so so he's out as well. The replacements are. Mm. Blackpool midfielder Kenneth Dougal comes in to replace uh, Jackson Irvine. And Craig Goodwin's replacement is Melbourne Victory's Ben Falami. Uh, yeah. Sammy, let's, let's get off uh, with the good news first. I think Kenny Dougal is a long overdue call-up. Um, he's playing for a, a side that is contesting well um, in the championship, I believe. Uh, they're playing good football. He's getting minutes. And you know, the kind of midfielder that we need is <clears throat> not an, you know, an attacking minded guy and also not a box to box guy. We really need a, just a solidifying six, like someone to actually, well, not a six. I call it a six. People call it a four, just someone to get in there, not even break up the play, but just dictate the tempo. Like a classic is used to do really take the game by the scruff of the neck. And I've seen him do this for Blackpool. And I think, he six. could, yeah, good old six. <laughs> my my six, good old six, and I think he could do that for us. He's obviously not going to get a gig because I think we probably probably play Jago. Maybe uh, I'm not sure who we're going to play in the in the diamond there. Arnold could do anything. His COVID infected mind is probably running wild. Oh yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised with anything. Maybe as is Bayich, centre midfield. Oh, why Mark, not? McLaren in goals. Martin Boyle at right back. Um, <laughs> Actually, hey, now you're talking. Is any of it going to matter? Yeah, I think, I think it will because I was kind of encouraged by the first, the the you know the the recent Japan game where we was it we ended up losing two one in Japan. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I thought we were I thought we were okay and I thought we contained them and created opportunities. Um, this is in very long hindsight now. This is me trying to be optimistic ahead of the game. I'm pretty sure we slagged the performance and <laughs> everything that went along with it at the time. Hundred percent, we would have. I just, you know, we're playing Japan and Saudi Arabia and we have to win both of these games. So what do we do? Do we, do we get behind this ragtag bunch of misfits or do we throw them under the bus before it even a ball's even kicked? Well, we've always got the, uh, we don't even want to qualify for this world cup to fall back on. <laughs> we've got that out where we can just say, Oh, uh, Qatar world cup's wrong. Anyway, don't want to be there. But ideally, we want to at least qualify and then pull out later. Exactly. Um, That's a way better political standpoint. It yeah. beats tying yourself to a goalpost. Raw pots. Raw pots, everyone. Um, Raw pots yeah, guitar. I, make or break time. Uh, <laughs> there's a star next to Jamie Clarence's name. I think McLaren's only available for the Japan game. Yes, he's and getting then, married, I believe. So he's going to miss the Saudi game. Yes. And then we've also, we've called up uh, 
Our, our boy Bruno. This has been this has been contentious. Uh, there's been a lot of chat about this. I don't like it. What do you think? I don't mind it. Am I xenophobic for not liking it? No. Um, it says a lot about our development of footballers in the country, but that's not Bruno's fault. Um, you know, Bruno just came out to the A-League and started banging in goals and still bangs in goals. And, and it's never left. <laughs> you have to say is like of the available Australian strikers, he is probably second best on the list behind McLaren, isn't he? Yeah, I've looked at, you know, top scorers in the league this season. He's got seven along with uh, D'Agostino and Goodwin. So he's, yeah. yeah, he's in the top echelon of A-League call-ups for sure. Yeah, so I'm happy to go with him. We don't really have much of a choice. Uh, I don't want to see... <laughs> I don't know. I definitely it don't just... want to see uh, Duke out there. And I think... Duke there's... got called up, so... Yeah, I know. I don't want to see him out there, though. Um, <laughs> we, we will, though. He will be out there. The other one is uh, not there is Nikita Rukovitsa, but I think that's, I was reading, that's something to do with him not getting vaccinated or something. Is this so, rumor? That, I, I can't confirm sure. this. I've only seen rumor about this. Yeah, so that's, well, would, that's why. I, yeah. It would be weird to me, given that he plays in Israel and Israel had the highest double vax status of any country in the world until Australia overtook them. So that's, oh, I don't know, that kind of thing kind of, I feel like he would be mandated in order to play professional football in Israel. It, <clears throat> I don't know. The Bruno thing for me just it reeks of Arnold des like desperation. He's clutching at anything that he can. He's pulling every stupid trick that he has out of the fucking hat, pulling flowers out of his sleeves. Like he's not. You know, I read somewhere that this was two years in the making, and you just two years ago, why would you even contemplate capping Bruno Fonaroli when you've got? <laughs> You know, McLaren, uh, Taggart, you've got these yeah. guys that are actually performing and scoring goals every week. There's no need for this guy. And now all of a sudden on the cusp of two massive games to qualify, we're going to give someone a cap for the first time at 34 years old and say, here, this isn't like a David Nugent situation or he's not going to go it, into yeah. a, a crucial game and score us the winner against Japan. It's just it's bizarre. It's just totally bizarre, but it yeah. encapsulates everything about the rules over the I last mean, few yeah. years. You know, it's really you take out Duke there, and you've got McLaren only available for the one game. Taggart's injured. Um, Leckie's injured as well, isn't he? As well, so he's gone. Um, I've just found as well, uh, Rukovica, um, unable to travel due to not having received two do- doses of COVID nineteen vaccination. So there you go. Two doses. So he's got the one that he needs to play. I believe he's not bothered to get the second. I believe so, yeah. So he's Australia's highest scoring overseas-based striker of the past three years. Um, and he's just not been given a gig. And obviously he's unvaccinated, so that won't help his chances. But it's a shame because I'd love to see him get a crack. For sure. I mean, he should have been in the soccer room set up for this entire period. Yeah, we let we let him go at a time where I think he was just starting to emerge, and he's never got a go again. And it's in you know direct contrast to Ben Falami's call up, where I've seen a lot of a lot of interesting opinions about this. A lot of people claiming this is an upgrade from Goodwin, which I just can't believe the disrespect. Uh, anyone who seriously thinks that's a an upgrade from 
Goodwin is just they're just Melbourne bias. That's all that is. It's all it yeah. can be. <clears throat> you're, you're like you're absolutely kidding yourself if you think so. You know, uh, Motore has scored more goals from wide positions than Ben Falami this season. Iran Kunda has the same amount of goals as Ben Falami this season. Yeah, like this guy has scored twice, maybe, and and once against Vissel Kobe, which you know he come on and he did a really good job. But at the same time, his number one, you know, uh, characteristic is his transition, how quick he is, his speed, running at fullbacks and stuff like that. But that's the Socceroos' number one problem is that we cannot feed players in this position, and so any kind of call to bring in a guy that runs fast at opposition players when we exploit you know spaces in behind. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's it's ineffectual for the Socceroos because we don't do that. Yeah, we don't do it well. <laughs> that's for sure. Boyle tries it. Uh, if you get the ball into it, he's more of a like get it into his feet though. And then he'll start running with it. Uh, I don't mm. know what Falami's going to give us at international level against. I mean, I guess he's uh, he's only in the squad. I don't know if he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna feature. Is he sure? But well, it's good. He's slim pickings feature. though. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's, that's so. not to say that his replacement will feature, though. Because obviously there are so. other players in the squad. In a wide position? I mean, uh, Awer Mabil's been called back up, which is good. Um, He's also got Tilio there. Tilio's an interesting one as well. I'd like to see Tilio yeah. kick give a kid. Um, well, I'd rather see over Tilio get a gig over Falami, yeah, definitely. For sure. So, for sure. I don't know. It I was... just think it all looks grim. It all looks grim. Japan and Saudi Arabia away. Yeah. Do you think two defeats? I think we beat Saudi Arabia. Interesting, because they've got nothing to play for when we when we go up against them. I don't know. I just, I, I just, Australian bias just tells me we beat Saudi Arabia. I, if we I lose, if, disrespect them as a footballing nation, but <laughs> but it's completely misguided, and uh, that's just putting on a the Socceroos are playing so I'm putting on an Australian bogan lens and I just don't care about anything that's not us there's no fucking way Saudi Arabia can beat us in football no way if we lose to Japan it won't matter because if we don't if we win lose or draw against Saudis we won't we'll be in the playoffs anyway yeah so we'll just have to see how it plays out yes Thursday night 7.40 if you're in South Australia um, this is going to be a hell of a game and by hell of a game, I literally mean it's going to feel like you're in hell. That might be a good place to wrap it up. Have you got anything else to add this week? Not at all. I thought we could try and be optimistic about the ruse, but it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah. And I have no attachment to it anymore because, you know, no good win. I guess if McGree starts, that would be great. But You have no attachment to your country playing football. No. And I mean, this is, I thought, I thought about this earlier. And, I, you know, they went through this entire qualifying campaign, didn't come to South Australia once. So why the fuck would I care, man? They don't care about me. Why would I care about them? Yeah. I mean, they didn't go to many places this time. But, yeah, they rarely come well, here anyway. I feel like everyone else should feel this in the same way as well. It's like, how can you relate to a team that never comes to you? And, I mean, the, I, was, I was saying this to someone the other week, is I have no desire to go interstate to watch this team play. And I don't know if that's a reflection of me or a reflection of the Socceroos pool. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have the answers. You wouldn't, your... you wouldn't, go, into, you wouldn't I... go into state to see him? I did. Yeah, but not in this campaign you haven't. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, they have, they've played one game here, haven't they? <laughs> well, in Australia. 
And they've been playing in China and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, for some of them. But there was the, the whole build-up to it prior. Nah, to, nah, prior to nah. COVID, 2019, there was no games here. I'm not going in to watch the pre, pre-group stage, group stage. You don't want to, you don't want to beat us, uh, CSB Bahrain. Come on. Nah, I'm going to stop the pod now nice. as well because we're just talking shit. We the last game you went, last last game you hour, went to but... was the, the Thailand game. And that is shit talking, if you ask me. That was a that was the final game of the group stage. Yeah, it was almost a dead rubber though. No, it wasn't. Yeah, well, we we finished <laughs> we, third. We, but it wasn't a dead rubber. We had to win, and Japan had to lose, and we did our job. And then Japan were losing and ended up winning. So, yeah, I'm wrapping it there. We'll leave it there for this week. Fifty-eight point one. Catch you later. Go the Rose. <laughs>